You are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Got a good show for you today. We're going to go over uh, some of my mistakes from yesterday's podcast. Not major mistakes, but things that I either wasn't thinking about or just completely blanked on. Um, We have a challenge update. We've got the Survivor finale tonight. And there is a broadcasting pet peeve that reared its ugly head yesterday that I want to go over. And a couple other things for you. And we will get to that momentarily. As you know, this podcast has a title sponsor for the month of December, and that is Earth Echo Foods. Do you love chocolate? I know you do. I love chocolate. Well, we can say goodbye to processed chocolate now forever because Earth Echo's got a new Cacao Bliss superfood blend. You can put it in your coffee. You can put it in your smoothie. Enjoy the incredible health benefits of chocolate, and you don't have to worry about the side effects of added sugars and artificial ingredients. I'm telling you, coffee lovers swear by this stuff. I can't say that I swear by it when it comes to coffee because I don't drink coffee, but I do put it in my smoothies, and it's very, very good. Earth Echo is going to offer you listeners up to 15% off on your order. You go to shop.earthechofoods.com slash realitysteve and use the promo code realitysteve. If you don't remember that URL, it's okay. Just go to your episode description in any of your podcast platforms. Click on the link that says Earth Echo Foods. It'll bring you right to the landing page. Place your order, and when you check out, just type in promo code realitysteve. So I first want to start off with some things that we're in yesterday's podcast that you guys corrected me on, and I appreciate that. Number one, when I was talking about, you know, if certain couples got back together, like Katie and Blake or Katie and John, you would have questions, just like I had questions about Kelly and Peter getting back together. And then I even mentioned Deandra and Riley. Like, yeah, screw that one up. It's Marissa and Riley. That's what I mean. When I don't write stuff out beforehand, And sometimes I can pull stuff right off the top of my head when it comes to past seasons, but something like that, I just totally blanked. And I called Marissa Deandra. It's Marissa and Riley. The other thing that I mentioned in regards to the Taylor Swift lawsuit that I was talking about a group called 3LW, but then there were two guys that were in the lawsuit. Well, the two guys in the lawsuit were actually the songwriters for that song, Players Gone Hate or whatever. Players Gone Play whatever the song was that they said that Taylor Swift stole lyrics from the group three LW was three women R and B group R and B slash rap group that I didn't know, but the guys who were in the lawsuit were the songwriters three LW was just the group that performed it. And then I had mentioned when I was talking about Amy Robach's net worth, which according to CelebrityNetWorth.com is $50 million. And I was like, does she do anything outside of GMA? And I knew this, but again, blanked on it. One of you reminded me, she and husband, or I don't know, former husband, estranged husband, whatever she wants to call Andrew Shue, they write children's books together. So they've clearly made money off that because that's a fairly, you can get into that children's book business and put seven words on a page for 15 to 20 pages, you can do really well for yourself. And they've gotten into that, and they've sold a few books. So that was a, uh, I don't know how much they've made off children's books, but I know they had a few. So she did make money that way as well. 
So that was yesterday's Reality Steve screw-ups slash omissions slash should have written stuff down stuff. Seems like it happens every other episode, maybe every third episode, where I just totally blank on something or I completely say something wrong that I tried to pull off the top of my head and didn't remember. Um, Some challenge news for you tonight. Well, first off, when it comes to the challenge, I've always noticed this. If you're following any of the challenge people online in Instagram or any of their social media accounts, you know that they are filming their reunion show. I think they filmed it yesterday. But is there a reason, and maybe maybe there is an answer to this, but I don't know what the answer is. Why does this show always film their reunion show in London? All these people... I get that, yes, we have gone international and there are international contestants, but there's way more U.S. contestants on this show than international. I I, I guess that has something to do with it. It's got to be. But when the majority of your contestants are from the U.S., I still don't understand, I guess, the, the cost of flying the few international contestants you have to the U.S. versus flying all the U.S. contestants to London is cheaper. I don't know. Well, they always film it there. Anyway, just a question I've always had. And because they used to film in New York City, which made sense. And now, and sometimes it was L.A. But it seems like the last few seasons they've always filmed it in London. And it's pretty crazy because I got to believe there's about six to eight episodes left of the challenge, yet they're filming the reunion show now, which has always been weird to me. You know, when it comes to The Bachelor and Bachelorette, they always film the tell-all about two weeks before the finale airs. In recent seasons, they've been going a little bit earlier than that. You know, the reunion show for Bachelor in Paradise filmed on November 4th, and the finale didn't air till what, the 22nd? So that was two and a half weeks later. I don't know. I don't... I, I You would think they'd film it as close to the finale as possible, but maybe they have their reasons for doing it, but... I don't know how many episodes of the challenge are left this season, but there's got to be six to eight, I would think. But I don't know. Some good news to come out of the challenge, even though it's a very horrible story. You remember Bear from past seasons of the challenge. Well, in case you haven't been following, he was found guilty in the court of law yesterday for basically revenge porn on Georgia, his ex-girlfriend, who he filmed having sex with without telling her in his garden, and then he uploaded it to his OnlyFans. She says that she did not know they were being filmed and told Bear not to share the footage when he showed it to her, but he went on to share it on his WhatsApp and on his OnlyFans. He denied all the charges, but yesterday a jury found him guilty by unanimous verdicts on two counts of disclosing private sexual photographs and films with intent to cause distress, and he was also found guilty by a majority verdict of 10 jurors of... Uh, to two, to ten jurors to two of voyeurism. So majority verdict on voyeurism. He now faces up to two years in prison. And this guy's just a major asshole. We saw him how he acted on the show. He thought he was God's gift. And him and Georgia were always on and off. And after they revealed the verdict in court yesterday, he says. Uh, My barrister said not to. In my opinion, from the very beginning, it was never a fair trial. What the press said against me, I was fighting a losing battle, and it is what it is. And the judge said back to him, thank you for that observation. (laughs) Um, Good. 
I'm glad he got that, and I'm glad he's going to go, and it's seemingly uh, that he's going to serve some prison time for this, a couple years, uh, like I said, max two years, but, I mean, the whole thing is disgusting, what he did, and um, I'm glad uh, I'm glad he's going to suffer the consequences for it, because if he doesn't, and, you know, revenge porn's become a thing in the last probably five to seven years. I know it's definitely against the law in certain states in the U.S. I haven't looked up how many have it as a law. It's not all 50. I know that. But, yeah, posting stuff from an X in terms of photographic videos, photograph, you know, um, pornographic videos, pornographic pictures, anything like that, sending it out to a subscription site, sending it out to a website, anything like that, you are getting in major trouble as, you know, as you should for doing that. And he got busted and I'm glad he did. And we're never going to see him on the challenge ever again. Tonight is the finale of survivor. I don't know any spoilers on the survivor finale. No idea. But I have to believe if Jesse gets to the final three, he's winning no matter what two are sitting next to him. Now the question becomes, because he just pulled the biggest move in the game last week, getting Cody out, does the remaining cast get this and understand that they're not going to beat him if he's in the end? They have to get him out. But we've seen this in the past where you think the person who clearly has played the best game and has controlled a lot of the games and has controlled a lot of the votes and has made big moves. The other people realize that, but then somehow that person convinces them, no, you need to go to the finals with me and, you know, provides them deals to go to the finals. And I just, you got to get Jesse out. My guess is he wins this thing and I could have been totally hoodwinked by the edit on survivor this season. I don't know. But my guess is he wins it, and if he does, just remember who told you. <laughs> uh, I it, it, Let's say he doesn't get to the finals. Uh, who would win? Owen? Gabler? Carla? I could see Owen. I, I could see Owen winning. He's got a good underdog story. Uh, Gabler, I don't think I can see winning, and neither can I see Carla winning. I don't know. Maybe I'm just missing something if one of those two wins. But Owen and Jesse's by far the leader in the clubhouse of these remaining people left. Owen I'd have second, and I just don't see anyone else winning. I don't think they've done enough. But we will find out tonight, and we'll get a glimpse into the next season of Survivor, which I'm assuming airs in February because they filmed them back-to-back earlier in the spring this year and kind of go from there. But I'm looking forward to the finale. I always love the Survivor finale. It's a great it's a great show. I, I hope they're going back to a live audience. Let's. I would think that we're past that with COVID restrictions, but you never know. It is CBS, and they have changed things up on their shows when it comes to COVID. We just got a live audience back for eviction night on Big Brother this season, so... Maybe this means that we're getting a live reunion finale taping for Survivor. And let's hope we do, because I think it's I, I think it's a, a fun, 
finale, except when Jeff Probst goes into the audience and we don't need to hear from alumni and we really don't need to hear from family during the finale, but hey, we'll see what happens tonight. I I just hope that there's an audience because I'm trying to remember last season, the one that ended in May. What did they do for the finale? Did they, I think they just brought everybody back and there was no audience. Or am I blanking? I can't remember. But anyway, uh, Survivor finale tonight. We will definitely talk about it uh, tomorrow. Uh, sad college football note. I'm sure you've heard by now. We've talked about it yesterday that things weren't looking good for Mississippi State head football coach Mike Leach as he had suffered a major heart attack and the signs weren't good. And unfortunately, yesterday he did pass at the age of 61, and, you know, I have no ties to Mississippi State. I have no ties to uh, his family, but obviously thoughts and prayers out to that family and to the to the team, the school, um, the administrators there. I mean, that's that's got to be tough. Uh, he's only been back there, I think, believe two or three years after coming from Washington State. I do want to say this, <laughs> and this is just a pet peeve of mine when it comes to broadcasting. Anybody that knows me and anybody that knows my background knows that my background is sports talk radio. It's all I ever wanted to do when I was in college. I got into the sports talk radio business fresh out of college, graduated on a Saturday, started my sports talk radio career on that Monday, two days later, and did it um, on and off from 1997 to 2006. And never had my own show, had weekend shows, did fill-in shows. I was the guy that filled in during the holidays. I told you all about that Thanksgiving Day uh, (laughs) 3 to 7 shift that I did back in either 2000 or 2001. But my main thing, for the most part, when I was on the air, was I was a sports update guy. Where, you know, if you listen to sports talk radio, the guy that comes on every... Some stations do it three times an hour. Some stations do it two times an hour. But they come on and give the sports news. Usually they give you 60 to 90 seconds. They never want you to go more than that. And um, and that was my thing. That's what I used to do for the most part uh, a lot. That's the most in terms of my on-air work in L.A. and even in Dallas. I was a sports update guy. And, you know, when you have 60 seconds, no more than that, maybe 90 at the most, you just get to the top sports scores of the day and stories and When you do it, you have to do it at kind of a quick pace and you have to do it in kind of an upbeat voice because you're like giving, you know, kind of fast hitting news. This isn't stuff that you are giving opinions on or anything like that. Like I'm going to give like a, a quick 30 to 45 second example of a sports update, but there's a point to this. Okay, so this is how I would normally do a sports update. You know, introduce myself. I'm Steve Carbone. Uh, no, I'm not reality Steve. I, I, I'm Steve Carbone with whatever station I'm happen to work for at the time. Let's get to your NBA scoreboard tonight. The 76ers over the Kings, 123-103. James Harden led the way with 21 points and 7 rebounds. The Warriors fall to 2-12 and on the road this year. They lose to the Bucks 128-111. Steph Curry, 20 points and 6 boards in the loss. Bobby Portis leads the way for the Milwaukee Bucks. 25 points and 11 rebounds. The Phoenix Suns have lost five in a row now. They lose to the Rockets, 111-97. to Chris Paul, 16 points, six rebounds, and seven assists in the loss. And the Jazz over the Pelicans, 121-100. So you'd, you'd say it like that. Like, that's how I would read the scores when I do the podcast, or when I do the broadcast. 
yesterday, obviously, there were stations, there are three here in Dallas, all sports stations, that in their sports updates had to relay the news of Mike Leach's death. And like I said, this is a pet peeve of mine, and it doesn't mean it's like it has to be done in the world of broadcasting. It's just I've always thought out of respect because I had to do this back in the day if there was ever a death in sports and I had to report it. I didn't keep that same energy when I was talking about the death, the energy that I just kind of showed when I'm reading sports scores. And every single one I listened to yesterday were like, you know, they would start because that was probably the biggest story in sports yesterday that Mike Leach died. He's only 61 years old and he coaches at a, you know, a school in the SEC. It's a big deal. And every update that I heard led with it and didn't change the tone in their voice at all. They, you know, they would start, <laughs> they would start the broadcast and they would start their sports update and be like, Mississippi State head coach Mike Leach has passed at the age of 61. He was been with Mississippi State for the last three years. He led the Bulldogs to a win over the Ole Miss Run Rebels or the Ole Miss Rebels and the Egg Bowl this year. I just, but at that tone, I. <laughs> I don't know. Show some respect. Like it's not like you have to sit there and cry, but I don't think you should be delivering sports scores the way you deliver Mike Leach is dead. I I just maybe it's just a pet peeve of mine. I don't know if anybody else cares. I don't know if anybody else noticed. I don't know if any of you even listen to sports talk radio, but that's a big thing with me. Anytime I did a death, it would be something along the lines of. First off, even though it was important, I wouldn't lead with it because I wanted to end with it because it's weird to lead with that and then go into this upbeat of, hey, and uh, Argentina, you know, beat Croatia in the World Cup 3 nothing. Like it, it just didn't flow well. It's like get your sports stuff out of the way and then kind of end it with the Mike Leach story, which I it would just be like, you know, give those scores and then it said and then I would end the broadcast kind of in this tone of just and on a and on a and on a sad note, Mississippi State head football coach Mike Leach has passed at the age of sixty one. He died Monday night of complications related to a heart condition. He was surrounded by family and friends. The school has said they're conducting a search. Like I I, I didn't write out anything, but just talking about the tone and I don't know, just kinda of bothered me yesterday. I just, <laughs> you, you can't report the, the the news of somebody's death the same way you report, hey, the Cowboys are in Jacksonville this weekend. Like, it just doesn't fit. It doesn't go. And this could be my little thing, and you might think I'm crazy. But that's just me. Uh, I heard it yesterday numerous times on three different stations, and I didn't understand it at all, and it drove me up a wall. So I thought I would share that. Anyway, um, we got a lot going on tonight. Survivor finale. We got the challenge. We've got, I think, uh, today Susie is going to be on Nick's podcast. I know Clayton is going on Bachelor Happy Hour, so we're going to have a lot to talk about tomorrow. And then on my Thursday podcast, I'm talking to Stephanie Parker and Jackie Maroney from She's All Batch. 
that podcast that I know you lo- that you listen to, and we basically do a wrap up on Bachelor in Paradise and all the things that happened post show. So that's a fun conversation about seventy minutes long uh, with Stephanie and Jackie. That'll be up tomorrow along with the daily roundup. So thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it, and I will talk to you tomorrow. See you.